1: For more information, visit com.
0: I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more.
1: Happy New Year, Judy. And happy New Year, Mike. You're back from your from back your, from the motherland. From the motherland, your patria, your opatria.
2: It was it was
3: a pretty crazy. It wasn't that, actually wasn't that crazy a trip. We spent a lot of time driving, but yeah, it was nice to be in Ireland, where drinking everyone, and driving. A, you know, I didn't even have Guinness while I was in Ireland. Isn't well, that lame? That's crazy. But uh, it was.
1: Did you try the whiskey? I've heard it's quite good.
3: I don't like whiskey. Well, I'm a bad Irish. No
1: and What kind of Mick are you?
3: I'm a Mick who likes uh, Italian wine.
1: Well, today you're a Mick surrounded by Jews.
3: Well, you know, being surrounded <laughs> by Jews is a is a thing for me. <laughs> you know, that- I, I had a client call me yesterday who's Jewish to ask if it was okay for me to work on Yom Kippur, and I was like, yeah, Oy. I think it's okay. But it's a
1: shanda that she's working on Yom Kippur. Hey, I mean, whatever happened to the Sandy Koufaxes and the Hank Greenbergs, you know, these people who, you know, these great athletes were, I mean, yesterday, my brother, who left Schul to go watch a football game, and he left me a message, and then he called him back, he goes, like, I can't talk to you, watching football, I just got back from synagogue, and I'm having a tough time fasting while I watch football. Well, it's nachos, <laughs> I mean, like... Are nachos kosher? But seriously, I, I think, um, remember Sean Green, Dan, yes. Rabbi, Rabbi Dan Bronson yes. joining us today? Remember Sean Green? I think he was the last guy to, like, sort of make right. a statement right. of right. not playing baseball on Yom Kippur during right. the playoffs, and um, I don't think it was a big deal for him, because he played, like, 400 games in a row. He was a real right. Iron Man, a real Lou Gehrig kind of guy. And-
4: well, it's an old theme, you know? It's like the original jazz singer. I don't know about the other movies, the other iterations of it, but the original with Al Jolson. The whole conflict about whether he's supposed to, uh, whether he's allowed to do jazz during Yom Kippur, and his father wants him to chant Kol Nidre, so it's an old theme in American Jewish life. Well, he's singing the jazz version of Kol Nidre. Right. right. There we go. Anyway, we're joined
1: today by our old friend, Rabbi Dan Bronstein, my good buddy. Good, good to evening. see you, Dan, always. We didn't spend enough time together in 5774. Hopefully this year That's will, right. be, will, be, will be better. <laughs> uh, a happy New Year to you. Yes. And um, our very own Sari uh, Kamen. Um, who uh, is going to come on a little after, later after us to host The Morning After, and she also writes for Edible Brooklyn and Edible Manhattan, and also, like Rabbi Dan, uh, from a rabbi family.
2: Indeed. The Happy pro- to be here.
1: The product
4: of Jew Camp. We yes. just We just bonded.
2: <laughs> we bonded over our Jew Camp experiences.
4: Right.
3: So it's nice that rabbis can marry and have kids. I mean, I grew up
1: Catholic.
2: Yeah, it's not like that. Yeah. Well, well,
4: Catholics can marry and have kids. It's the uh, it's the first commandment <laughs> is to multiply, <laughs> mm-hmm. is to uh, reproduce. The first commandment of the Bible.
2: That's why Jew camp exists.
4: That's right. Actually. That's that's true. <laughs> oh, so actually, it's, like, so it's, it's like, actually true. It's like band camp in that fashion. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's to get nice Jewish boys and girls together. I mean, oh. it's really yeah, that's we're, really we're true. all
2: about procreation, right? Or, or procreation in general. Right. But
4: Dan. You only have one kid. I okay. Well, that's a that's a whole other topic. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's uh, no. I think that people look. Uh, people prefer their rabbis to uh, be married and have kids. If you don't, past a certain age, you'll look weird to the community.
1: Right, but I mean, Catholic priests obviously are supposed right, to be celibate. Right. But
4: other Christian denominations, right, I mean, right. have you know
1: the the, the pastors and the, and the right. leaders of the church always have large families. Right, right.
2: I'm very happy I was born personally (laughs) (laughs) so are we thanks thanks mom and dad (laughs) do do you think
3: having rabbi rabbinical dads was like harder for you or did you have to did you have to live up to a certain code rather than like your friends did did it was
2: hard yeah especially i mean i don't want to speak for you rabbi dan but going to temple was really hard because i had to go to sunday school which was like Jew school. Well, I went to Hebrew school. Yeah. I mean, I was barman. But I mean, yeah. I, and it was no fun, I'll be honest Well, with the it. teachers always expected me to know the answer. Oh. Uh, and yeah, so they would just, you know, they they would call on me even if I didn't raise my hand. Like Jew school jeopardy. Yeah. And I would get, I would get really <laughs> mad because it's like, just because I'm the rabbi's dad doesn't, or my dad's the rabbi doesn't mean I have to be, you know. I I, I know the answer every time. Know all
4: your baguettes. I found it it pretty awful at certain points. Yeah, I don't think any. Especially junior high, high school was terrible. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and a lot of the kids from my high school went to our temple, so like none of the boys would go out with me because it's like, well, who wants to deal with (laughs) like the rabbi
4: dad? Right, and either you know you're you you're trying to live up to a certain standards or. You act like your peers, and you're suddenly framed as a degenerate in certain ways. It
1: was tough. Well, the self-loathing so, Jew is such a, a myth and legend, but why is it we're so fucking miserable?
2: Um, I mean, listen to you guys. We come from a long history of it. I
4: don't know. I think it's, you know, I, I think we admit we're miserable, unlike other religious traditions. So, and I think we're actually better off that way. Well, I think we,
2: misery loves company. Yes. And then... We're it's
4: inherently community. funny, so that <laughs> cultivates humor. It's it's right. Inherently funny. <laughs> yes, yes. We are, we that's, are, we are funny people. Well, well, what, that's what kept us alive for all it those is, years in the is. desert. Yeah. It is. It's a, it's a great <laughs> weapon, humor.
3: Uh-huh.
4: Jews are funny.
3: Why do you think Jews and Catholics both are gifted with the guilt? I mean, we are the guilt. We are the two guiltiest religions. I would you know, say. That,
4: that's what they say about Jews. But I know plenty of Jews who, who are guilt free. I know, don't do guilt personally. I try not to. And I, and I think it's what type of you know guilt without. Um, if you don't use the guilt in a productive way, then it's totally useless. Well, if you just mired down in guilt and don't take that guilt as a stepping stone to make changes, then. What's the point? So I'm not answering your question <laughs> because I can't I can't speak about Catholics. Well, we you know, have was, the
3: original sin, right? We I don't have. We that. start with that, so right. So we don't have that. But Catholic school does teach you to use the guilt effectively. Okay, so
1: yeah. Well, my mother was like a black belt when it came to guilt. Yeah. I mean, she was like the 33rd degree Mason of right, guilt. Right, right, and a ninja. Are you kidding? She, I mean, she was the absolute apogee of Jewish, <laughs> of Jewish guilt. I mean, the Wayne Gretzky of guilt. You know, was after she after she died, um, she left. Uh, letters, notes for me and my two brothers And one oh. that she sent to my brother Said, you and your children didn't visit me enough When I was alive yeah, see, i would was like, wow That's not an
4: effective <laughs> use of guilt
2: yeah. Well, it's too late now It yeah. seems more like, I think for Judaism It's more of like a, a tactic Or like a, something that mothers can put in their back pocket
4: I mean, it's, you know, this is, boy, this is really dark and uh, <laughs> un- unhappy. I don't know. I think it should be, uh, you know, I hate to sound, uh, you know, what, all, positive all and- happy and positive <laughs> uh, because I'm not that way at all. But, you know, you can use it as a uh, you can use it as a, a fulcrum to, uh, you know, uh, actually change things for the better. And that's, you know, and then that's a big part of the holidays right now.
3: So so atoning on. OK, I'm uh, obviously not well versed right. in the Jewish holidays. What, what is this business with atoning and Yom Kippur, and how is that Rosh Hashanah is like Happy New Year. That's a happy holiday, mm-hmm. followed quickly by Yom Kippur, which is a, kind of a solemn holiday, yes. right?
4: Yes, Rosh Hashanah is solemn, too. So the whole process actually begins the month before Rosh Hashanah, the month Hebrew month of Elul, and uh, you're supposed to start preparing for this process that you're going to go into. Um, Really, um, where Shoshana, as you said, it is happy. You have apples and honey. It's sweet, but it's also solemn. You're entering into this new phase. And I think the, the point just to cut to the chase here is um, to take an honest look at your life, but then, you know, take that a whole other step. And there's this idea that before the end of Yom Kippur, you're supposed to go out there and uh, ask people for forgiveness who you've wronged. And or uh, accept people's uh, apologies. Both of those are really hard to do, uh, depending For, on the individual. Forgiveness is very difficult. Yeah, and and you know, it's the tradition says you know God will forgive you, but you have to actually go out to other human beings. God is the easy part. You know, right. you can say you're sorry to God
3: in your head, you and say, right, yeah. but
4: going and actually changing your relationships that's that's tough. Did, you, apolo- these,
3: did you apologize to anyone yeah, yesterday?
4: Yeah. Um, I also heard a friend who, uh, um, who, who totally doesn't get it. Um, see, I didn't do anything wrong last year. Um, <laughs> wow! Are you kidding? For and me, Yom Kippur should come yeah. quarterly. I mean, it's <laughs> the same person who told me once that uh, he doesn't fast on Yom Kippur because he's not comfortable with it. I was like, well, no one's comfortable <laughs> Isn't that with really <laughs> that. The point? That's the whole. That's it's the redefined whole point. The whole yeah, a you know,
1: unlocks Jew.
4: So that's a person who really doesn't get it, um, and. Um, you know, everybody messes up constantly. Yeah,
2: do, you, that, that, do you have to forgive? Like if someone comes to you and they really wronged you and then.
4: You no, know, you don't. I mean, you don't have to. The The person who is asking forgiveness has to approach you uh, three times. But, um, you know, ideally you would. But I would be the first person to say that there's some things which might be unforgivable.
3: Good. I totally agree. I think forgiveness is overrated sometimes. Well, that was yeah. always my be- problem. Being big is
4: overrated. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're talking about real forgiveness, like moving on. Like you know, uh, sometimes you can say you're sorry to person, and that person will be like, okay, but they then they keep on berating you for something that you you did. And you're like, well, didn't we talk about this? So, forgiveness means forgiveness. It's setting a new slate.
3: Yeah, and sometimes I think people ask for forgiveness just to sort of help their own egos they're not oh, sure you know, they're not really sorry it's like it's like in aa you know the fourth step you right. like go and you know correct your wrongs as long as it, that doesn't make it worse for someone else like you can't say like you know i cheated you know i uh, your husband i cheated with your husband and you know that screws up their relationship and they didn't know and right. wreaks right. havoc
4: yeah it's um and there, there's so many false you know uh in our in our culture and maybe in other cultures too about these false apologies. Yeah. You know, there's always like, well, if I inadvertently offended you, you know, by, I'm sorry that you yeah, feel that way by, by killing your well, children and setting your house on fire. Then it, I'm sorry. It's like right? the all due respect gambit. Yes, right. Well, right. well
1: Dan, with all due respect, right. Right. I'm not allowed to finish that sentence. You're, you're a complete cunt. Yeah, does play devil's advocate. You know, right, right. The right.
4: there's so many I don't people. Ride. I would like to say that I'm to only so saying many people because I love you, but you're yes. an idiot. Right. You know, it doesn't work like that. At least I was honest. There's also the way you say
2: it, though. It's like, well, I'm sorry that you were hurt by my words. <laughs> right. I'm sorry that you were so small-minded. Exactly. I'm sorry that you're so sensitive that you took what I said and misconstrued it to be hurtful.
4: No, like 15 years ago or so, or 20 years ago, whenever it was, somebody somebody broke up with me online, and uh, then they were... They were so ahead of their time. They were, then, they were, they were, really? <laughs> then they were, like, <laughs> apologizing, like, years. well, sorry, I made, you know, made you, so it was exactly what you were talking about.
2: Well, can I use a personal example? Please. Of course. I actually got a text this morning. Um, from kind of an old boyfriend sort of person, uh, who had hurt me a lot a few months ago. And I had been very explicit about the fact that he had hurt me and he had never apologized because he didn't he didn't understand. He was confused about why I would be hurt. So I got a text this morning that said, I'm, if, if my words hurt you, I am sorry. (laughs) And I was like, if (laughs) like, you're still not sure. And, and so, why
3: is he still thinking about it? He knows he's Because it's in the Yom wrong. Kippur. Oh, oh, so he's all
2: better now. All oh, yeah. It's like, like oh, well, it, too I mean, little, too late, dude. Like, just because yeah. it's Yom Kippur doesn't mean, well, like. Know, Yom Kippur doesn't work like confession. In, yeah, in it's not confession. Fact, right? It's not like,
1: you know, I mean, you Catholics are great. You guys. Oh, yeah. I'm it? always
2: at confession.
3: <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been 40 years since my last
1: yeah, confession. <laughs> you, you'll now do 400,000 Hail Marys. Uh, you know,
4: you're supposed to be, you know, part of the, the traditional Jewish services every day of the week Not just on holidays or the Sabbath You're supposed to be, you're asking for forgiveness So it's like a never-ending, people are, you know, the idea is that you're screwing up all the time And you need to acknowledge that
3: But you don't have, like, I mean, I could go confess that I murdered somebody And they'll give me, like, some, like, time-consuming penance, I'm assuming Right, right um, but No, we don't have that clean we're, slate. no.
4: we No, I'm like, okay, watch um, at least two Marx Brothers movies, right. and you're, you're, you're home <laughs> and free. you're good.
3: And you guys, yes. do you have hell or not?
4: No, not really. No, I mean, there's different sort of parables about hell, but it's not like an actual.
2: But we don't necessarily have. I mean, it's just not as tangible. And it's, yeah, it's
4: not the heaven and hell. It's really about this world. We
2: don't really talk about yet.
4: it. I mean, there's there's an the idea. You know, this is typically rabbinic. You know, the rabbis in one story sort of sketch out heaven, what it would be like, and basically it's. Studying all day And going to buffets <laughs> Wait, Which one was that Heaven or hell I can't That's remember heaven. That's heaven Oh it. my god So you know It's not like it Really like cool like, hell. It's, just, it's just, <laughs> heaven is I mean I would on. love it I would love studying All day and eating Going to buffets But it's not like The Vikings I You love know where it. You, <laughs> it's you get to fight and, What kind of buffet Well on the, the, Like you, old country Buffet you know, like or these, are we Talking about like Sushi buffet No like Leviathan These beasts that you Talk <laughs> about in the Book of Genesis <laughs> In the very beginning I want
3: specifics Before I agree Right right So I'll start sinning. Anyways, <laughs> but fan. no, not
4: really. To answer your question, it's not really like a heaven hell thing. It's about focusing on your behavior here and now.
1: So uh, it is more. But I think, like but the... I think it's important that you
4: brought up the the Jewish concept
1: of the afterlife because it's something yeah. that most people don't understand. Obviously, um, we don't use you know heaven and hell as like hell is some sort of like long shadow of threat. This is what's right, going right, to happen right, to you. Right, you know, you're going to go to if you're hell. You're mean to your sister if you masturbate. You know, right. <laughs> you know, if, uh, you. Uh, Lay down with another man, right? You know, right. Well, that, you're, that's you're a whole going other topic. To hell,
4: you know. That's, that's but if you yeah. confess, you know. Right. Right. You're right. I mean,
1: yeah.
2: But if you fast one day out of the year, you're good. Well, right. yeah, that doesn't really work that way.
1: I love the story uh, you were telling before. You were in a Park Slope synagogue. Yes. Okay. When someone actually had to say, "Is there a doctor in the house?" Well, that was, and, yeah, and, that and was, there was. There was a rush to the stage. That was. That was. <laughs> yeah, that was.
4: It was. It was a. It was a relative of mine. Who we thought might be having a heart attack?
2: Oh, I thought it was my mom trying to find and, me a husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tactic. <laughs> well,
4: then she could say, uh, of course. Then she could say, of uh, not a doctor, an accountant, right? <laughs> lawyer, or lawyer. Right now, be a lawyer. Game, right, it'd be mom. doctor, lawyer, accountant. That's the <laughs> hierarchy. Um,
3: I think accountant's kind of down there, though.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Number three, yeah. I mean, maybe dentist. But, I don't dentist. know. Nice two Banker. Okay. You know,
1: hedge fund. That's yes, right. Yes. Okay, hedge fund. Know, right, or right. like investment. Right. You're right. You're right. I stand. Correct. No, yeah. like, um, I was saying, my brother, the Wall Street mocker.
4: Yes, right, right. It's um, no, they it was actually that would be a this, big mocker. Either this, way. this literally happened. We we're like, you know, it was their a doctor and like ten guys surrounded my <laughs> relative, and um, they had to figure out, you know, who was the best, you know, because there were a couple of pediatricians, so they, no, no, they were sort no. of whisked away because we thought it might be a heart attack, and and it was like, you know, thank goodness this isn't, uh, you know, fill in the blank type of church you know <laughs> there's a plenty of supply of uh medical uh people here so
3: <laughs> why, why do you think that is i mean why do you think that jews are drawn to these like not mike obviously
1: that
3: you can go to a synagogue and like you go to a church maybe there's a doctor like a catholic church right there's probably going to be more like you know accountants, middle managers.
4: There's actually a history of, uh, I can't remember the name of (laughs) course, a history of Jews in medicine but it's long been considered to be this very noble profession and uh, probably the the greatest Jew of the last thousand years, Maimonides uh, was a rabbi and a doctor and a scientist and a philosopher and so he's sort of like the guy everybody looks up to from no matter what part of the Jewish world you're from And, and he he did it all. He was a rabbi and he was healing people.
3: And they named a hospital. And they him. named
4: a hospital after him, right? So I don't think
3: it's such a great hospital, though. I
4: I, I, <laughs> I, I I I've never I've never
3: <laughs> Sorry, bet, I've been bet, making bet, the rounds of hospitals lately.
4: Well, we we agree on Sinai, though. Right? Yes, we agree I, on. My Sinai. son was born at Sinai and did yeah. a great. Did a good job. I,
1: I, so, so Jewish, you guys. He's like, like yelping Yeah, talking about hospitals, right. That's, that's true. It's true. You know, it's like all my jokes start what with a, cliche. So a guy goes to a doctor and Judy's jokes start with a guy goes into a bar. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> all right, why don't we take a break? And um, Dan, you picked out the song today. and uh, It's not particularly a Jewish song, but we're talking about what's going to be our Yom Kippur song and you went with the Sex Pistols. Yes,
4: I thought <laughs> the song Pretty Vacant because uh, the, the high holidays are about getting you out of that pretty vacant mental territory
1: all right let's go with it listen to arts and seizures here on the heritage radio network
0: This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
1: And we're back. That was a pretty low key <laughs> bumper <laughs> for, <laughs> for Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> like, where is this super awesome? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are super awesome back at Arts and Seizures with Rabbi Dan Bronstein and our friend and colleague, Sari Kamen. Stay tuned. She's going to be uh, on right after us with her show, The Morning After. Thank you. And you've been writing about Jew food lately for Edible Brooklyn and Edible correct. And talking about did you guys have a good uh, spread for the breakfast? You got um, you guys bagels and locks it up, you got some nice herring and fish yeah, and basically.
2: I did some Thai food.
1: <laughs> that sounds much better actually. How old would your father the rabbi think about that?
2: I think he likes Thai food. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh okay.
3: I thought it was I thought Chinese food was like the Jewish
2: food.
1: That's, that's more of a, that's a Christmas It's oh, okay. yeah.
4: right.
1: Sunday nights. We like our Sunday nights yes. Chinese food.
2: I like Chinese food any night.
1: Uh, why do Jews love Chinese food so much? Why why is that?
2: There is actually a reason. <laughs> Tell us more. Well, please. Well actually I, I wrote a paper about it in
3: school. <laughs> I'm curious. No,
2: no. Uh okay. Well, I guess around the end of uh like the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s, um, there was sort of a mass immigration of both Jews and Chinese food, and they land <laughs> 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 both Jews and Chinese <laughs> um, And they kind of landed in the Lower East Side at the same time, so they were both uh, very, very poor communities living kind of on top of each other. And Jews didn't necessarily have um, a cuisine of their own to speak of. There's people coming from all different parts of Europe. And uh, the Chinese people came and they they started opening up restaurants and Jews started eating there because it was one of the only kinds of restaurants they could afford to eat in. Because
1: ghetto Chinese food is cheap.
2: It's cheap. And there was also actually a lot of things that felt really familiar about it. Um, Not an overwhelmingly spicy cuisine. It was mostly Cantonese, which is very mild. Mm-hmm. They were familiar with, you know, think about like the wonton kreplach similarities.
1: Yeah. Well, every culture has its own dumpling, right? Sure, sure. Right? The kreplachs and dumplings yeah. and, and pierogies. The
2: overcooked vegetables, the, the steamed carrots and the salaries and the onion, all of those things were familiar and yet exotic enough that it was actually appealing.
1: Well, all right.
2: Yeah. What about, I mean, also, I mean, It
3: used to be more Christian establishments would close on Sundays.
2: Well, right. And, and you know, the other kind of dominant community living down there were the Italian Catholics. And they were not really interested in having the Jews and the Chinese people eat in their restaurants. They were pretty exclusive. So it was like, well, we could either eat our own food, which we're not, you know, we don't have. (laughs) Which isn't so delicious. Which isn't so delicious. And there's not that there's not much of like an identity associated with it or we could eat in these other places so
1: and this also begs the question we're talking we're talking about the holidays we're talking about rosh hashanah but we're talking about judaism and now we're talking about the jewish culture which are not the same thing i mean the food is east european and the lot of the places that we like on the in the east village that's our pierogies and borscht They're not really jewish places but we do think of that sort of jewish cuisine you can't you know go anywhere and not get a potato latke <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know, no, yeah, you know, down, yeah. down in these villages, but they're not necessarily Jewish places, right? But that's the cu- cuisine that we we adopt. Exactly. I didn't have any bagels and locks yesterday. I'm feeling bereft. Maybe we you
2: can. You know, fix yeah. Does Roberta's have bagels and
1: locks? No, but you know they would, bet they would kill it, right?
2: They would so kill they, it. You know,
1: they, they but Robertos started making bagels and bialys. Did you know they that? They kill everything. They watch. Uh, on the Robertos to go, their bialis are ass-kickingly good. The bagel yeah. was a little shaky. I'll be honest with you, but the bialy was was, was was astonishing. I gotta say, I'm always shocked at how good the Fairway Bagel is. Oh. Those people over at Fairway, the bakery, you know, their Onset Bakery, they're doing something right there. They boil the bagels; they got it right. I mean, it's crispy on the outside, it's chewy on the inside. It's the, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the real deal. Well, they
2: have a Jew in charge of their food over there.
1: And the only crime really is they're doing like wheat bagels and some of these things that I do not approve. Wheat? Of.
2: That's not a oh, crime. Oh, that's bullshit!
1: Come on, Sarah. <laughs> that a crime. A wheat bagel? It's like a blueberry bagel. What is a There's, Sajo cheese bagel? A blueberry bagel? I had, I had bagel a roommate. Is fine. Blueberry, blueberry is yeah, a
2: yeah, shonda. I had a roommate. And it's a
4: shonda. It blueberry is.
2: is a shonda. I live with Any somebody. a kind of bagel.
4: When I was at the University of Wisconsin Madison in college, one of my roommates one year, wonderful woman, but she would take Lender's blueberry bagels. And, Ugh. Wait, Disgusting. wait. It, Ugh. This is now it gets really bad. And microwave them. Oh! Ugh. And we did like, a
2: song at Ju Camp about Lenders Bagels. <laughs> it was like la la Lenders Bagels. And it was like it was a cheer. <laughs> Lenders Bagels. Well, when we lived but, in Rochester, they were the
3: only bagels you right. could find for a long time. The bagel right. store did eventually open, but you know we had come from New, you know New Jersey, northern New Jersey, and we lived in Queens, and then we got up to Rochester, which was, was like it was a it was a bagel desert That's right. <laughs> for, for years so we had to get used to lenders bagels but which, lenders, you, you guys know, were bagel they,
4: insecure they 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 americanized them right i mean they, they lenders they're terrible by the way no, but but they made it like into a national you know thing right also, i mean everyone has Dunkin' Donuts has bagels oh. and Ugh. rolls with don't holes. Don't but but that's how people are exposed to it. Ugh, know? it's like bread.
1: Okay, okay, okay. It's, like bread. <laughs> it's like you know, it's not a bagel. It's bread. I and mean, it always bothered me that it was called Lender because that's like Shylock's bagels. <laughs>
2: now that would that's that real. would be a, it. always bothered that was me. Ch- that is a ch- winning name. Uh, of I was, was going to say that a great chain. And then yeah. you're right.
4: You would you would ask for like a. Uh, uh, you know, like a, a a half a cup of cream cheese. That's what I was thinking. And they give you like a quarter, you know. Yeah. And then they <laughs> cut off your they, hand And or... then charge you more for
1: what you would... <laughs> <laughs> what was that deli that in Austin, Texas was like the Jewish deli and it's, you know, and it said like New York food without the attitude. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck you, I came yeah, here really
4: for the attitude. Why it doesn't taste as food? good if you don't yeah. give me a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Shylock's bagels. I That's like that. <laughs> I would eat there. I would, I would definitely go there and say, hey, you know, if the Jew fits.
1: Right. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
3: So what is your favorite Jewish food? Mine is brisket.
4: Um, brisket's right up there with me, but, uh, kasha varnish. Oh, goes. love the kasha. But that's not, you know, as you were saying before, that's not only it's Eastern European too, right? right. So, I think
1: the Jewish brisket though is like, um, ruining it seems to be part of the tradition. You take a nice piece of meat no. and then you overcook it. You know, my mother, she's like, you know, it's like this fifties mentality of cooking where you'd use like powdered Does onion soup mix a, and right, ketchup. Right. It's yeah. like, oh, so you can put a bunch of high fructose corn syrup and like, and like MSG and that like Lipton's like powder. It's yeah. like, you know, this beautiful piece of brisket, you know, she didn't really go to a good butcher she Went to the supermarket. Well, some r- it's meat. supposed
3: to be crappy meat. Well, you brisket, is it for so long, brisket is a cheap cut. Brisket is a cheap cut. My friend Sylvia taught me how to n- make a nice brisket.
1: A nice brisket. No, brisket can be wonderful. Yeah, it can be the greatest. You know, and that's yeah. by the way. it's why your people love their corned beef as well. well ugh,
3: my people make turn a brisket into an atrocity. <laughs>
1: you ughed with the best of them, I must say. I want compliment you on your ugh.
3: <laughs> <And> that, <huh. laughs> yeah. It's so, all the dairy in here. Speaking of, what,
1: we're going headlong in, into uh, a, lot of, a lot of good eating holidays, and of course Han- uh, Sukkot. Coming up with Hanukkah, it's, it's going to be latke season soon. That's right.
2: That's a good one.
1: You going to come back? We uh, had you last year for uh, the holiday season. I would love and, to come go back. Going to come back and, uh,
4: and flip some latkes.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, it here. So uh, it
4: was so interesting last look, year with the that rare occurrence of uh, the confluence of Thanksgiving and Hanukkah. oh, that was so oh. weird. Oh, wow.
2: And everyone tried to make like a turlatka
4: <laughs> <laughs> It was great. It I had a great. It was th- all these th-
1: weird mashup like. Right. It was a blast. <laughs> I like, I like Thanksgiving because it, it's just eating. There's no, yeah. there's no, 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 no religion hanging over it. It's, uh, well,
4: there's a, a quasi-religious, there's a moral message well, think, somewhere, right? I mean, it's a sort of civil religious thing. A civil yeah, you, religious thing. You things. talk about
3: your gratitude for things yes. for the year. That well, could be I, spiritual.
4: I
1: hope those yes. of us who are more enlightened remember to counter blessings more often than just on, on the turkey day and the football game absolutely, day. Absolutely,
4: absolutely. Know,
1: and we remember to drink beer in cans all the time. Right, <laughs> right. um, which is really what Thanksgiving has become so much. You know, watch the game and drink beer it again. Right.
4: Do you guys
2: remember all the mashups that were happening? All the food mashups yeah, was that were incredible. taking place,
1: incredible. But I'll tell you what: b- why not potato latkes with your turkey? That's a perfect combination.
2: No, I know, but it was like the like the cronut version of it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, those sound like nice accompaniments. But I'm th- like, there was things that people were baking that had like a locka in it and a turkey and like a pumpkin pie, like all in a ball. <laughs> but uh, I,
4: I, I hope it leads to a further revival of schmaltz.
1: Wow. Oh, uh, that, that's good. And speaking of schmaltz, what, uh, what's your website? It's honey and schmaltz, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that segue. <laughs> that
2: was a perfect segue. You don't
1: eat those together,
3: though.
2: No, uh, well, I mean you could, you could. I, yeah, you could do like a fritter. I forget, there's a name. There is something. Yeah, that can be cooked in schmaltz and honey, and it's kind of sweet, but then fried.
4: It's probably great. That sounds good. Did you see? Yeah. Um,
1: was it was it Sam uh, Sifton? No, no, it's Pete Wells. Who? Which one of the guys that just wrote that wonderful oh, the Sammys the Sammys review in the New York Times, day. like a review of Sammy's Romanian, which is I like I still
2: have never eaten. It there. is like I've got
1: to go there. It's just it's just gotta not gotta go a good there. restaurant, but it is like like a bar mitzvah in progress That's when you go what he there. Said. Yeah, it's he was blast. like it's an
2: underground bar mitzvah that never ends, and, and um, you know with big
1: schmaltz on the table, like big you know
2: maple syrup jars so you can use it as a condiment as opposed to a frying ingredient.
4: It's the Walt Disney Las Vegas version of Eastern European Jewish culture.
2: It is, yeah. yeah. It's it is fantastic. It is
4: the underground. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call it Vegas quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, once
1: again, it's been the fastest half hour on the internet today. Can you believe it? We, we, we dismissed Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Hanukkah, the Sex Pistols. Um, we atoned for a lot of sins. I feel better. I feel better. I feel lighter so <laughs> much lighter. Well, the pizza's coming.
2: Oh, that'll change.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, for uh, Judy and uh, Rabbi Dan Bromstein, and uh, stay tuned for uh, Sarah Kamen. She's coming on the air shortly with The Morning After. And for Liz in the Booth, it's uh, Mike Edison and Arts and Seizures. See you next week.
2: Thanks for listening to
1: this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.